Hey, welcome back to another episode of Failing Forward. As always, I'm your host, Steve Hofstetter. And if you enjoy the podcast, make sure to like, subscribe, comment, share it with your friends, do all that stuff. And today we are talking to somebody who knows all about that end of the business. So I'm joined here by John Shahidi, who is the CEO of Shots. Now, Shots is a company that I think the average person doesn't know the company, mm. but they absolutely know the effects of what you do. Yeah. So I want, in your words, I want you to tell people, what what is Shots? Yeah, um, I think a lot of people don't know because they go and search, search Shots and they don't put Shots Studios. So like nothing really comes <laughs> yeah. up. You know, a lot of different things could come up depending on what you're into with Shots. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, but at Shots, we're a a content studio that focuses our, our core business and um, those who know us in the industry know that our, what our business is built around, but it's built around YouTube and it's creating content on YouTube and, and, and focusing on YouTube, but then building businesses around YouTube as well, whether it's a music career, a podcast career, merchandising, uh, taking the YouTube audience and introducing them to um, us on other platforms, which are a little bit different than YouTube. Mm -hmm. But that's what Shot says. We're, we're, we're a content studio that focuses on creating content on YouTube. Um, the channels that we uh, we uh, we have on YouTube, um, we either own or we co-own or we just represent YouTubers as well. Well, can you name drop a couple of people here? Because you work with some huge people. We do, yeah. We, you know, some of the ones that maybe the YouTube audience would know about are Lele Pons, Anwar Jabawi, Rudy Mancuso, Hannah Stocking, Wampa Zarita, um, uh, Delaney Glazer. Um, and they're all different in their own different, uh, they're all in their own worlds, their own verticals. Everyone yeah. is a little bit different. So one might want know one, but not know the other and vice versa. Well, so Lily is actually, I think, how we first started talking because when she was on, when Vine was big, mm -hmm. um, you know, before Vine gambled on the idea of, and for people who don't know the story behind that, and, and you probably know the story better than I do, so correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of very big Viners went to Vine and basically said, hey, you can't not pay us all. Mm -hmm. Like, we're, we're making you tons of money and we're not seeing any of it. And Vine was kind of like, nah, we don't care. And then those Viners got together and went over to YouTube. Mm -hmm. I imagine that some of those were your people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it started with, yeah. it's, a, it's which, a, it, which was the right thing to do because Vine was making money hand over fist and had yeah. a ton of members. And the thing that made YouTube what it is, is YouTube was the first platform to say, we're going to give our creators a piece of the money yeah. that they make for us. Yeah. So we were part of that. We were in those meetings. I'll, you know, I've never spoken about it publicly, but we were part of those initial. Well, thank meetings. you then. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but to Vine's credit, at the yeah. time, Twitter had this kind of, um, you know, to Twitter's credit, because Twitter owns own, own Vine. Yeah. Is um, or in their defense, is they um, they kind of had this little crisis of what is Twitter. They were getting ready to go public. Yeah. Um, they were they were in the middle of a CEO and ch changing CEOs. Um, so they were kind of like there was a it was a kind of a bad time at Twitter. And I don't think Twitter really understood what they had with Vine. Yeah. And 
Um, and they're now, I, mean, I think they're now seeing it with Twitter video. Twitter video is a great product. We, yeah. we don't create exclusively for it, but we upload on Twitter video. It's a great product. I think they're now seeing it. But back then, it was just kind of this like, you know, how do we monetize Twitter? Their brain focus and energy during these meetings. At the time, we were kind of like upset because we needed to do something about this. But at the same time, I now looking back at it, I understand where they were going from is they had to create this identity for Twitter, which they did. Now Twitter's great. It's- yeah, but at the sa- but at the same time, the idea of you have a huge product that is created off the backs of other people and being being able to rev share with them because there were paid advertisements on Vine mm-hmm. and there were or figuring out a way to go, okay, people are used to seeing advertisements on YouTube. Now they're used to seeing it on Facebook as well. How do we give the people who generate all these eyeballs a little piece of that? Yeah. And I think that you know, looking back at that and you go, there weren't a bunch of 15-year-olds who got together and did that. Obviously, there was influence mm-hmm. of other people saying, you know, and and I, I think yourself being one of the visionary people who understood that, like, hey, when you have the fan base, you control it. Mm-hmm. And so you can make demands. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that I love that I don't care if a television executive thinks I'm the next big thing because I already have a way to make a living. Yeah, yeah. You know, once you once you have direct line to the fans, you control your career a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But I think, you know, one thing you mentioned was share some of that advertising money. I also think Twitter wanted to focus those ad advertisers to focus on spending money on Twitter. They had yeah. to monetize Twitter at the time. Right, which know? is so silly to me that even though it is true. But they were going public. Right. You know, they, were, they had to, like, show Wall Street, like, you know, it, it'd be confusing to go to Wall Street and say, hey, Twitter's going to go public because of this product we call Vine that most nobody on Wall Street knows about. Right. You know, you know, we have this subculture that we've created, like Wall Street. You know what I mean? Like when it gets into Wall Street and, you know, you know, uh, IPOing and all this, it's a whole different world that I hope n- neither one of us ever. Yeah. You know, I mean, my investors might be upset me saying that, but you know, like, <laughs> I just, it just seems like a scary world there as a creator. You yeah. know, so I think that's that's the problem. That they had, which you know, they ended up IPOing, and you know, everything God, was great. Answering to shareholders, though, what a that's nightmare. what I mean. Like, you know, yeah. trying to explain to you know, a creative. Hey, vision. we have Lele Pons here. Like, let's keep her here. Like, try to explain that to shareholders. Yeah. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Well, so the reason I brought it up is because Lele is someone who, so on on uh, when I was running the show, laughs, and we were. This is how little older people understood Vine. They were like, we want to air vines on the show. And I was like, the reason Vine is good is because it's a six-second thing. You, you, the punchline happens so quick that you watch it several times, mm-hmm. and that's why it works because people are looping videos over and over again. You show that on broadcast television, you miss it. It's a a Vine on broadcast does not work, but that mm-hmm. was their mandate, and I was like, all right, I got to go find Viners now. Ninety-nine percent of Vines were people using music they had no rights to, mm-hmm. and doing things that were terribly uncreative and Lily was someone who when I saw her stuff I was like oh this is a writer this is someone who actually knows what they're doing and who actually thinks about what they're creating not just some 15 year old that other 15 year olds thought was hot and that's Mm -hmm. why they had a big vine which is you know I won't name I don't know who you work with no 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 (laughs) I know what you mean no that's the 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 
there's not a lot of things that angry me, but yeah, one that does is calling Lele an influencer. Yeah, because she's not; she's a true creator. Absolutely, she, you she know. Is. And there's a big difference that I think the world doesn't understand. And and we we explain to like friends and 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 friends of our company and maybe some of our better partners the difference between a creator and an influencer. Yeah, influencer is that cute girl, a cute boy that just looks cute on Instagram and gets a lot of likes because they're cute. Yeah, that's an influencer. A creator is someone like Lele, who yeah. thinks of the ideas, directs the ideas, edits the idea, you know, uh, then, you know, when it's, in, you know, and then she'll look at another platform and say, all right, how do I do something different here on this platform that's different here? Because I can't make the same thing here. Like, let's say on a case of Vine, I can't make a Vine on YouTube. So how right. am I going to grow big on YouTube? How am I going to be different on Instagram? Look at her Instagrams right now. They're almost like comic book strips. She she uses the, the Instagram slideshow feature. And she's creating these like stories on Instagram using, you know, the three to four pictures. Yeah. And they're getting crazy engagement, two to three million likes per post. That's cr- wow. But she can't do that on YouTube. She can't do that on TikTok. She wouldn't have been able to do that on Vine. Yeah. You know, there's not, you know, she posted the same thing on Twitter. It didn't perform as well on Twitter because she knows how to create specifically for Instagram. She knows how to create yeah. specifically for YouTube. She's She now knows how to create specifically on YouTube because she's, or I'm sorry, on Spotify and Apple Music because she's a singer. So just, you know, that's a, that's a creator to me. That's not an influencer. Yeah. I think influencer is a description of someone who has a lot of followers, but we don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like exactly. They, you know, yeah. you can point to there are people who you can point to their talent and you go, oh, they have a lot of followers because they're funny. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of followers because they appeal to this specific demographic. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of followers because they're compelling or whatever it is. And then sometimes you just go, how did that happen? Yeah. And that's an influencer. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So, okay. So you run shots, which mm-hmm. is, it's different than a lot of, I mean, the producers of this podcast are, you know, Studio 71, mm-hmm. which has... I would argue a different business model because with Studio 71, like you guys, I think are much more, you guys are almost like a management company in a way. Well, I think that's the difference between us and Studio 71. Studio 71, um, they have, they're, they're a YouTube enterprise company as well, mm-hmm. which is what we are. So all our channels are underneath our the Shot Studios umbrella. Yeah. And just like if you were to sign a Studio 71, um, they have a lot of channels. So their business, you know, is a little bit different than ours where, we, you know, we we manage the talent that we create for, or we own the channels that we have. Which I right. maybe Studio Seventy One has that too. No, no, I think it's I I think it's more of a working with existing channels in order yeah. to make them bigger. And I've been with, so you know, let me break it down for viewers right now. What an MCN is, um, an MCN multi-channel network, mm-hmm. which is basically any big YouTube channel is going to be with some sort of version of an MCN. Mm-hmm which is the reason it's called multi-channel network is because it is a network that has multiple channels in their portfolio and they basically will sell ads at a higher rate Mm -hmm. than the average YouTube ad that comes in. I've been with three different ones, I think, before, you know, Studio 71 and all of them, you know, you talk about that 71 has more channels than you guys do. These places had thousands of channels. And they couldn't possibly be paying attention to all of us. Mm-hmm. And I was very unhappy. I was so unhappy with one of them that I even went back to one of the old ones I was at because they had changed their own you know, management. And it's something that creators don't want to have to deal with the business as well. Mm-hmm. Even someone like myself, who I am business-minded, I produce stuff, I do that end of the business, I wish I didn't have to. And... 
to be able to have someone handling that stuff for you and going out and getting sponsorship or steering you in the right direction of opportunity. And, you know, and that's one of the things that I think is very interesting about what you guys do, because you could take someone like Lily and she might say, okay, you know, I'm mastering Instagram and I'm crushing on that, but the, but I'm not getting the same engagement on Twitter. How do I do this? And am I correct that you guys would sit down with her and be like, okay, okay here's a whole how plan. we'll. Yeah, we create a whole yeah. strategy. We have That's more meetings every week about, all right, what are we doing on TikTok? That's different than here. Yeah. Then, you know, on YouTube, what are we doing on YouTube? You know, you have your sketches, you have your music. How are we going to make them different? You have a podcast coming out. How are we going to use your YouTube to drive traffic to the podcast, but not also ruin uh, the experience of a binge watcher because people binge watch Layla's YouTube videos. So if you go yeah. sketch, 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 then a song, but her music videos of her songs kind of relate to the sketches. So like you get that person binge watching that, then going back to sketch, sketch, but then all of a sudden you do a podcast that might alienate that audience or, you know, you might lose that, 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 that viewer. That's really interesting. So we'll sit down. Yeah. So then we sit down and figure out what is the plan here? Like, how do we, you leverage that, but we can't also say, okay, X out YouTube. You know, I, I don't remember how many subscribers Layla has, but 13 or 15 million or something like that. I mean, it's, know, a, how, it's a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she has a lot. <laughs> so you can't just say, oh, well, then forget about YouTube. No, we need that those YouTube numbers to drive traffic to the podcast, but we can't lose that binge watcher because then you're you, – you, so those yeah. are the strategies we sit down every week. And us ha only having – you know, a dozen or so channels allows my brother and myself, because my brother is the co-founder of the company mm -hmm. with me, and he's our chief creative officer. So we sit down every single week with our creators and just think of these ideas. Now, if we had thousands of channels, we wouldn't be able to do that. So our business right. model is slightly di uh, very different than most MCNs, but I think that's what makes shots shots. And, um, you know, and I love it. I love being hands-on with it. Like, I on my way here, I was talking to Lele about that. Yeah. Like, I was talking about her next song strategy. What are we going to do? Then she had a podcast thought idea of about a topic that she wasn't sure if it was appropriate or not. So we were going back and forth, and I was circling around the parking lot here before I called you. Yeah. And, you know, those are the things, you know, to come inside. Those are the things that I love doing. My brother loves doing, you know, sitting down with our creators. And so, Now, I want to ask you about kind of how – how shots happened and and you know i know we were talking off air about how there was a company before shots mm -hmm. but before we do i do want to ask you this question does tv even matter to them anymore to our creators yeah like what if someone walked in and was like we want to do a television show with lily mm -hmm. does does that matter you know it um it it's hard to say it depends on the show and you know um and probably depends on the creator. Depends on the creator. Depends on the creative. But also, you know, we have a lot of projects. You know, we yeah. have projects. We have podcast projects. We have YouTube sketches, music videos, songs, um, songs with top producers and songwriters. So they're not just like music you throw out. You got to really put focus and create like a strategy for a music release. Yeah, there's no Rebecca Black here. This is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the, <laughs> yeah, you know the, the, well, the times of Rebecca Black are different. You know, right. like those those days are different. Music, the music industry, especially you're going to see in 2020 is completely different than 2019. Just things are different now. They're always changing, you know, because you're, yeah. you're fighting against an algorithm now. Well. You know? Uh, so Gabby Hanna, who was on the show, uh, she self-released two two singles that were not zero radio play, and they were number one and two in the world on iTunes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's that's the world we're in now. Yeah, yeah. You don't need you don't need some sixty year old 
you know, morning guy in Wichita, Kansas to spin your music anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, radio's never in our plan. You know, everyone, yeah. some, some, sometimes people ask us, what's the radio strategy? As, you know, I mean, if the radio station wants to pick it up because they see it's doing well on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, they yeah. can pick it up, but we're not going to go to this guy in Wichita and beg him to spin the song. We don't really need that. Right. So, um, but yeah, so I think, um, I forgot the question. Steve. So it, does TV matter? Oh, yes. Sorry. Um, you know, it, I don't, I, it, it, it's very time consuming with TV and, and our, you know, we do best when we've got a link to send traffic to. Yeah. So TV, I don't know if it matters. Um, we've turned down a lot. Like if I told you some of the shows we've turned down, yeah. um, you know, people, people still like people, I still get calls. Like, I don't want to say the name of a show It's a very, very popular show. I think it's a top three show on t- network television right now that wanted Lele and we you can say it Dancing out. with the Stars, but yeah, the, <laughs> but but you know, but, I'm just guessing. I have no but, idea, but, but I'm guessing. we, you know, and to this day, I'm getting calls saying, "Why did you turn this down?" I was like, "What? What are we gonna get out of it?" I mean, right, what, like the the know. immediacy of being able to be a creator, and like if I if I were to sell a movie today, mm-hmm. that movie would not be out for two years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, meanwhile, I can produce my own stuff, put it up on YouTube. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Or a couple hours. Yeah, exactly. And to be able to be on the zeitgeist of what's popular now, on, you know, it, it, it's it's a completely different world. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you about how you got into that world. But yeah. first, we're going to throw a break and, uh, you know, support the people who support us. Welcome back to Failing Forward. Joined here by John Shahidi, um, the CEO of Shots. Shot Studios, right? The full name, because mm-hmm. if you just Google Shots, yeah, yeah, get a lot of different things. Whatever. You'll have fun, but it'll be a lot of yeah, different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might uh, have to be over twenty-one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so speaking of speaking of shots, um, the first shot you took didn't work. Yeah. Um, so, well, I wouldn't say didn't work. Um, I always look at it very positive, but I look at everything positive. You know, yeah. like, like you know. You know, I lost someone that was really close to me recently and, you know, I've cried about it a few times, but then, you know, then I just, you know, I just look at things a lot, a lot differently. And I think the you know, uh, our company a few times didn't work, to be honest. Uh, we first started the, com- we, we actually, the story of our company was we launched our company in 2009, January 4th of 2009. Yeah. So 11 years ago from the day we're recording this, you know, hopefully yeah. people listen to this in a hundred years too. But yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so we uh, we we started the company actually as an FCN. Um, we wanted to be a network of YouTube channels getting um, high end uh, um, traditional celebrities onto YouTube in two thousand nine. Yeah, and we got a few people on board, and that's a uh, you know for people. Hopefully, you can remember what YouTube was in 2009, which was virtually nothing. It was nothing. It was nothing. And there was only two social networks, YouTube and Twitter. Facebook was just only for private profiles. There was no Facebook public pages. Yeah, it was still, I think in 2009, it might have just went past college and high school. Yeah, yeah. It was a couple of years. I think two, yeah, like a year or two after, but it was yeah. still very private. It was just yeah. friends only, no public profiles. Yeah, there um, were no there were no fan pages. There were no fan pages. And and, and it was this a couple of years before an Instagram before Instagram, a few years before and, Snapchat. And this is when MySpace was dying. MySpace was done. So yeah. there was literally only YouTube and Twitter. That's it. For our public profiles. Um 
so we started we wanted to bring traditional guys onto YouTube and we actually had success getting people on um, uh, the answer to that, you know, I'll name you the name, names of the people, but the answer is on how we got them is, I'm just going to be honest, is luck. Yeah. Um, Chad Ochocinco, Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson, Cristiano Ronaldo, Usain Bolt were the first five guys. Um, and we would create content around them onto YouTube. Many of them deleted the, the content. I think Mayweather is the only one who still has the content up on his channel. Yeah. Um, and, and Ronaldo, I don't know if he does but uh, the old stuff, but I think some of the old stuff um, – I don't know if he does, but, but he re-uploaded them to Facebook years later. I mean, some of those names, those are people, you know, Ochocinco especially, is a guy that always courted attention. Mm -hmm. And so that's a smart play. Yeah, yeah, and that's when he set up his Twitter. And, you know, and his Twitter really exploded um, back then. But um, his Twitter early days were actually me tweeting on his account. Oh, my and God. And then later when he's got some traction – he asked me for his password. He's like, hey, I got this. And I think he just got some attention and like his teammates were talking about it. He was probably getting, you know, probably, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, a female friend saying, hey, I messaged you. Like, you know, he's like, what? What do you yeah, mean? How like, come, you, know, right. you know, and I wasn't, you know, looking at those are messaging back. So he's probably like, hey, man, you know, this right, person. People sliding into his DMs. Yeah. And, you're and he's in the like, way. you got to at least reply back. I was like, that's <laughs> not my job. My job is to create engagement and grow you on on Twitter. So. During that time, so uh, Ocho Cinco, Mayweather, Tyson, Ron Cristiano Ronaldo, which was great timing because that was during the 2010 World Cup, I think it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, 2010 World Cup, which he really took off. And then Usain Bolt, which was great because um, the Olympics were in 2012. So, like, we were trying to grow his strategy going into the 2012 Olympics. Um, so we, we, so the problem we had as a company was, um, we were growing on YouTube, but it wasn't growing at the rate Twitter was growing and it was a lot of work to create content, but there was absolutely zero monetiz monetization, like yeah. zero. There was, I, 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 you know, we were, we were trying to sell brands. Like I remember going to Gatorade and trying to get Gatorade to sponsor uh, Usain's YouTube account. They're like, they just didn't, they didn't understand at the time. Yeah. Um, just different brands, different brands wouldn't, you know, uh, Ocho Cinco had to deal with Motorola. We were trying to get Motorola money to, you know, and they just, brands didn't understand YouTube. So we made a pivot and we said, all right, we got, we've got these guys. What do we do? We started building mobile games. My brother had just graduated from college a few years before. He created different Flash games online and he just knew how to create fun, engaging games. Yeah. He didn't know how to code for iPhone yet, but we found someone that did and he, he, he would design the games. Our iPhone developer would code the games and then we created a game for Ocho Cinco. We created a game for um, Tyson and, uh, and Ronaldo and everybody. So then we created mobile games for these guys. They were good. Still no monetization. Yeah. So we um, now we're into 2013 and we just ran out of money. We just 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 didn't work. The model didn't work. We had we had games. We had five games in the app store, over 20 million downloads, but couldn't monetize them. Couldn't get. Brand I mean, we got a couple brands. Gatorade ended up coming around a couple other brands. Um, some movie theater movie studios came in and would do some sponsorships, but it wasn't enough for us. Well, it was barely enough for us to keep the lights on and keep our developers on. But yeah. there's more money to the creators are the, the the athletes the celebrities at the time you know and these celebrities are used, used to bags of cash you know for anything right so so that's i would say the first failure you know and i don't i hate to use the word failure because it's not because if you keep listening to this story yeah during that during that time we said all right we have over 20 million or so 
people playing our games. How do how do we at least keep some of them? Well, um, and that's, by the way, and I, I hate to interrupt, but to me, I love the word failure mm-hmm. because I just don't see it as a negative thing. Well, if you look at it like that, the word failure is great. Yeah. You know, but many are there that are being like, oh, failure. Oh, wow. What yeah. a bum. Oh, Steve, why do you have Set, this guy on? Setback? Yeah. 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 What, what's, but, the, what's the well, right word? Well, the, it's stepping whatever. stone. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it, I think so. I think it is a stepping stone towards evolving because what yeah. we did, well, a failure, and if you look at failure in a negative way, it means you closed shop, you gave up, and you went back to something you didn't want to do or you went to do something else and you moved on with your life but that's not our story because that's why i'm here well there's there's differences those kids mazes when you think of like the you know you go to a a diner and they have that placemat or whatever and if you trace the line and you hit a wall and you're the type of person who stops well that's the end of the game Mm -hmm. or you could be the type of the person that goes all right and then you go out from that wall and you find the next path Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's what that's all failure is Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. the wrong turn in the maze As long as you can keep going. You keep going. And that's what we did. So we, during that time, we um, we had a great developers working with us. We had we had relationships with some great people. And during that time, I got lucky and I met Justin Bieber. And Justin Bieber came and he, he was a fan of our games. He was playing them. He, he knew about my brother and I and our skills and abilities. So he wanted a partner into the company. Which is incredible in that world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and this is 2013, young kid, just understanding the vision. Yeah. And, um, and he came in, he invested in our company. And during that time, what we did is we built a social network called Shots. And that's how the name Shots came. So yeah. They were supposed to be selfies of yourself um, and, and uh, pictures of yourself. Um, and we, we, we built the app. And this is where Failure 2 comes in. Yeah. And we built the app. We um, shots and we released this in the end of 2013. Now we're in November 2013. So the company is a little over four years old now. Yeah. Getting its breath of second wind. And um, we launched the app. And what the app at first was, was what you see what Instagram stories is now. It was just yeah. full screen photos or videos, no liking, no comments, um, which was really done so we could focus on the positivity and not necessarily on the comparisons and all the other stuff that leads towards like, you know, what becomes toxic on social networks. Right. Um, and and we did that. And 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 the app had a few million users in its first year. Um, but what had happened was Snapchat a couple years, about a year, oh, I forgot the time, about a year yeah. and a half later or so, announced stories. Because, you know, Snapchat at the time was just two-way texting. Yeah. Put in stories. And it kind of, like, cut us off at the knees, you know, when, when yeah. that happened to us. Um, a lot, you know, they went after a lot of top creators and all that. But the good thing, the thing that we had was a lot of Vine stars were using the Shots app. They were using Vine for video and Shots app for photo. And I remember one day looking at um, looking at like a file that our CTO, Dathan, had given me of our top creators. And number one was Justin Bieber. Number two was Kylie Jenner. But then like number three was King Batch. And number four was uh, Logan Paul. And five was Lele Pons and Rudy Mancuso. And I was like, who are these guys? You know, yeah. like we have like Snoop Dogg and Mike Tyson and Mayweather and all these guys using our app like – why they weren't, you know, Mayweather was up there because he announced his Pacquiao fight via the app. But some of these other guys weren't even like top 20. But yeah. All these random names I've heard, never heard of Marcus Johns, um, 
Anwar Jabawi, Hannah Stocking, they storm power, you know, all these people. I was like, who are these people? And my brother's like, oh, these guys are Vines creators. I'm like, tell me more. He's like, these guys, these guys <laughs> yeah. on this app. And I, I wasn't actually really using Vine much, but, you know, I downloaded Vine to see these guys. And I remember one day we invited a group of them. We were up in San Francisco at the time. Mm -hmm. We invited a group of them to come up to San Francisco and we did like this meetup in San Francisco. So Rudy came, King Batch came, Day Storm came, um, a couple other guys came. Lele was not there yet. Lele was only 17 living in Miami. But these guys came up. And I was like, I want to know more about you guys, why use our app. And, you know, and they told us if we feel good about it, we get there's so much like bullying on Vine and we love going to your app because we don't feel it and this and that. Yeah. Uh, during that time, I was like, wow, we got to really focus on these guys. First of all, they're great people. These videos that they're creating are great. Even though they're six seconds long only, they're great. But right around that time, my brother and I were looking at our bank account. And, like, we'd raise a lot of money. Like, we had some top investors in Silicon Valley and China, like, came in and invested in our company. But we were, like, down to, like, almost nothing. Yeah. And, you know, the app was, you know, because we had a lot of users on the app. Not the, not at the scale of, say, Snapchat for us to raise the money that Snapchat did. But we still had a lot of users on there that was um, really, we, we inherited a very high server uh, expense. Yeah. So I was like, we can't pay this kind of money to AWS, Amazon Web Services, for our servers. Like, we're going to run out of money. We can't raise money, but we have access to these top creators. I remember one day calling my brother. I said, listen, man. We're going to do one of two things. We're either going to go out of business and shut down because we're done. You know, we're yeah. done. Or we just X this app out and let's build a better relationship with these top creators that came on. Let's let's help them create uh, longer than six second videos. Um, during this time, you know, it's a long story, but I'm not going to get into the whole Twitter conversation of us trying to do some yeah. more things with Twitter. But let's help them create longer than six second videos and let's take them to Instagram. Let's take them to YouTube. Instagram was our first focus at the time. Yeah. Because Instagram at the time had 30 second, I think it was 30 second video. Um, no, I'm sorry. 15, they, 15. When they started competing they were 15. with Vine, it was 15 15. Seconds. So I said, let's go from six second to 15 second video. Yeah. You know, which doesn't sound like a lot, a lot but it's still a lot. It's over two and a half lengths it's, of yeah, what, what, we, what they were used to. Yeah. When, when you're talking percentage, that's a huge difference. Yeah. So it's two and a half times. These guys, you know, they've created dozens and dozens, a couple of them, hundreds of videos of six seconds. Now they have to learn 15 seconds. And we did that. Then Instagram opened up to 30 seconds. Then Instagram opened up to one minute. And that's when we said, all right, we got to move this now to YouTube. Yeah. So that's when we launched our first YouTube channel. And um, first YouTube channel was September 2015 with Awkward Puppets. But our real big first channel was Lele's channel in April of 2016. And yeah. that's when we realized this is the business model, which now is what today is Shot Studios, which we focused on. is like, all right, so we've X'd out the app. So in my opinion, the app wasn't a failure. It was it, it allowed me to meet all these top creators yeah. and learn and, and, and help them build their careers, right? Like they didn't know where to go. You know, they didn't, they had nowhere to, you know, like I'm sure they would have figured it out because they're all very smart guys. But. Well, but yes and no. I mean, these are people who, I worked with a company that had a bunch of, you know, when Vine was in its heyday and had a bunch of these 15 year old kids and they had a big house in the Hollywood Hills. And these parents would just come and drop their kids off at this house. And I was like, who the hell are these parents? Mm. that they're just giving their kids away basically because all they wanted was fame. A, a lot of these kids, and you know, I don't know anything about the families of the people that you work mm -hmm. with, but 
a lot of these kids who get really big, whether it is Vine then or TikTok now, their parents don't know what the hell this is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they get big because they're trying to cry for help because they don't have that family situation at home. Mm -hmm. And so they do need someone to hold their hand and to say, this is what you can do with this. Mm -hmm. Because to a 15, I remember the first time when I got a job, the first job I got, my salary was dog shit. But someone sat me down and said, whatever the number they're going to put in front of you is the most you've ever seen. And it was. Mm. As an adult, I can look back and go, wow, they were taking advantage of me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when you're a kid, the you know when you're a kid lunch is expensive <laughs> and so when they're getting the zeros that they're getting from whatever sponsorship deals and etc to them that's that's enough mm -hmm. and so they need someone like you who can say hey this is wonderful but what's going to happen when this social network goes away which vine did myspace mm -hmm. did mm -hmm. before that friendster and six degrees mm -hmm. and everything else and it's you know what'll happen eventually with some of the ones we have now mm -hmm. i mean snapchat is functionally useless now mm -hmm. it is you know slowly being absorbed by instagram stories and facebook stories and all these bigger companies but anyway point is that they do need someone like you to say hey this is the bigger picture mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and whatever you're doing now is great but what can this be that will become sustainable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly and that's that's going back to what we we're talking about in the beginning of the podcast is like the weekly meetings is like yeah. what are we always going to do to evolve um to touch on the family members thing is um, the first thing, one of the first things we look at in someone that we bring on board is their family, is their upbringing, you know, is there, you know, it's so important that whether, you know, the, the, the family understands. I remember my first conversations with, with Lele's dad when yeah. we were, we hadn't closed our deal with Lele, but we were, you know, Lele wanted it, but you know, her dad is her uh, like business advisor as well. Yeah. Um, and Lele wanted it, and then you know she said, "Hey, you just need to talk to my dad real quick." Yeah. Like, okay. My, I really understand. I didn't ever met her dad or anything. I didn't know anything about him. It's like talking to a high school football player. It, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's the same process. Yeah, I just didn't know. So all of a sudden, you know, real quick, okay, I thought it was gonna be like you know. And I remember talking to her dad the first time for over two hours. We we're on the phone. Wow. And his only thing was his. Her dad lives in Miami. Yeah. And Lele just moved to L.A. She was seventeen, turning eighteen. And it, two hours was, if we sign this deal, what are you going to do to protect my daughter? Yeah. That's it. That's all he cared about. He didn't care yeah. about nothing else. Oh, yeah, you know, what are we going to do? Where's the money coming in? Where's this and that? Where, yeah. It was like, what are you going to do to protect my only daughter as she just moved to L.A.? You know, In a predatory industry. Mm-hmm. That's all he cared about. And yeah. never forget that about her dad. That's all. It was nothing. I mean, he's, you know, he's, you know, this is years ago. So now, you know, he's involved with the money and like we create plans and goals on how much, you know, because Lele, you know, I mean, it's expensive to build the Lele Pons empire with everything yeah. that she has going on when it comes to production and glam and fashion and everything. So, but at the time, that's not what he cared about, you know, and, and that's one of the things like sometimes on parents are called be like, hey, so, you know, we're going to negotiate these things with you. Oh, okay, you know, like you don't really want to know who we are and what we're going to offer, you know, like as far as like a, like a personal thing, you know, like, you know, it's yeah. all about the money from day one. And those are the times we walk away. We've walked away from a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of people, you know, um, well, because I, of that reason. You it, know? Go, it goes back to the question of sustainability. And if you have someone with 
uh, you know, if you have someone with a with a shaky situation, because there are people who have a great head on their shoulders that come from a broken family, and there are people who have a great head on their shoulders that come from people who are very involved. Mm-hmm. But if you recognize that this person, this could be problems, this mm-hmm. could create problems in the future, like then it makes it's sense not to worth walk it. away. It's not worth it. You know, like, like I said before, and I've said it a few times, like we sit every week in creative meetings. Yeah. And, you know, and there's a lot of creative brain energy that's coming from my brother and my mind, my self's mind. You know, the, we're going in there, we're sitting, you know, and it's like we want to do it to help this creator evolve you yeah. know it's helped their dreams come true help take their idea and take it to another level because that's what we do best is someone's got an idea we just take it to another we help them take it to another level and we don't do it for them we help yeah. them do it well i i mean i see you guys as as being able to enable the creative process mm-hmm. and i wish i could talk to you about this more because there's so much more we could talk about about just social networking and, and creating for you know the new time and etc but I think the biggest lesson here for anyone who's watching, who's a creator or an aspiring creator or whatever it is that you do, the lesson that I get from this all is malleability. And that's the reason your failures weren't failures. That's the reason that they were just, you know, a slight turn. It's, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you sometimes you walk through a parking lot, sometimes you go around the block. It mm-hmm. just depends on it depends on what it is. And so the ability to go, okay, we have this wonderful idea. We think it's a wonderful idea, but the practicality of it didn't work. And you go, okay, well, what can we take from it that did work? Mm-hmm. And how can we take that and move to the next thing? And then you see the next thing where you're getting these huge numbers, but it just doesn't work in the future. And then you go, okay, well, what is the next big thing? And being able to stop. And so many people make the mistake of going, this is my lane. This is the lane I chose. And this is what I'll stay in. Mm-hmm. And that is the worst thing you can That's do. That's the worst thing. We, you know, every November for the last few years, every November when it, uh, the week of Thanksgiving till the end of December, I kind of go away. Um, yeah. Mentally check out with our business. The business runs itself, of course, because we have such an amazing team. But my creative mind goes away to plan the next year because yeah. we, in this industry, whether it's, uh, the social network industry, production, TV, films, social network, you always have to evolve. And even us, you know, we've been doing um, what we what we do right now on YouTube works. Mm-hmm. But there's a new wave of content coming on YouTube. You know, yeah. the, the days of, um, you know, the, you know, and w- which is a good thing, because right now, if you notice and not that any of our videos ever did this, we've never we, we don't. Um, we never promote negativity, but you know, over the last few years, negativity was the biggest trend on YouTube, bashing yeah. people. And now, if you look, the most successful channels on YouTube, are people giving back, Mr. Beast, yeah. Dave Dobrik, you know, some of these guys. Um, yes, theory. These guys are all, you know, this is the new trend. Is like positivity. It's giving back. It's it's doing gr- great for others. So now I'm thinking is like, oh wow. Well, first of all, that's great. And, oh, it, yeah. it works. It's you aspirational. Know? Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's the thing. And if you don't, if you go and create a bullying video, like, oh, you know, we're gonna tell you why this creator sucks. Yeah. Okay. You'll be lucky to clear 200, 300,000 views. But look at Mr. Beast. He's not saying anything negative, and he's he doesn't. I don't think he has a video less than 10 million views on this channel. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's really amazing. And, he, stuff. and there's no negativity. It's all positive. It's all. Yeah. He's giving away houses to people who need houses. He's giving cars away. He's he's uh, providing food to from law enforcement to the homeless. You know, like yeah. he's you know and and 
he's clearing 20 million views it shows that that's what the world wants to see it's not the negativity we're just so, you know not we but people are just think that negativity works because we've seen so many negative videos but it's yeah. not what works actually positivity works well i think the you know i think the thing to wrap up with is just get the hell out of your lane yeah <laughs> you yeah. know if there's if someone is stopped in front of you in your lane maybe put your turn signal on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um john it's such a pleasure yeah, um anything you, you want to plug no just uh no i uh, just uh, just have me back let's do yeah, this more yeah. often and and check out all of the creators that he named yes, because there's some really wonderfully talented people out there and you know and and uh i guess you can broaden your horizons as to what you watch and what you follow so uh, as always, thanks for watching, commenting, subscribing, all that stuff uh, here on Failing Forward. We will see you again next week. Thank you.